Him. And don't you love Him? Oh, when His presence comes by, you you just want to stop and take a moment. Just take that moment and just love Him and just enjoy His presence by, by your side. Good to be in the house of the Lord, and yeah. amen. If you have your Bibles, <clears throat> we'd like to talk about Him for just a few minutes. Yeah. Matthew chapter 11, if you turn in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 11, and we would like to read verse 25 and verse 26. Amen. I, I'm, happy that you, I'm happy that you're all here tonight. Amen. It is a little bit of cold outside, but amen, you've made the journey, so praise the Lord. Sister Karen, that was wonderful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, we have others in the congregation that sing so well and sing from their heart, just like Brother John said, you do. I trust that you would volunteer. I trust that the Brother Solomon's phone will ring off the wall, and you'll have a desire to sing. You say, Brother Steve, I, 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 maybe I, I don't sing so well. Well, let your heart sing. <laughs> If you have a spiritual song or a spiritual poem or something that you want to share with the people, you know, Brother John, we, we really want God's presence to be in the building. And we have gifts amongst us, and we desire that they would really be used, be used of God. Don't be shy. Be used of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, <clears throat> and we're going to read verse 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in thy sight. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. We can, we can have our seats this evening. I've been taking some moments and some thoughts and preparing my heart and we spoke last time on I surrender and we desired that our, our lives would be to surrender to Jesus Christ. And uh, Brother John, as he said this morning, we, we have been meeting weekly and we've been talking and we've been talking about the Lord and sharing our burden and we really have a desire as Brother John has preached this morning, that we, the people of God, might grow in Jesus Christ. It's not just the, those that sit and hear the Word, but it's the ministry as well. We have a real desire to grow and to show the life of Jesus Christ to the people. You know, there has been seasons, and we all go through seasons, and there's been seasons around the message where where we have really spoken in, in ways that were very good and intellectual. And the prophet of God, and we're going to get into this in just a moment, because the prophet of God spoke a whole message on God and simplicity. And my thoughts this evening around the simplicity of God, and, and many times when we get really simple, uh, folks begin to look at it and say, well, that's just really uh, milk toast, or that's milk, or we need some strong meat of the Word. And what they're really saying is we will need some more education. Many times people will say, well, that was just a real simple gospel. But there is nothing else besides the simple gospel. 
And so I believe that God has charged us through the prophet to speak words unto the people that would bring forth life. And oftentimes those, li- those life words come from boots on the ground, so to speak. Live words that we live every day. Um, not words that are so lofty that we could stumble or have question over or ponder and try to search through encyclopedia or dictionary in order to find meaning, but such words that the, we go home with it and, and know that it has struck our being. You know, God could have called many of an intellectual men to speak the gospel. But he chose a prophet in this hour, a seventh grade educated fellow that, that, that spoke words that were so simple that, that anybody could understand it. Uh, you know, Brother Brandon would often say I, you know, a, a term that would be something from the south. And he would say, did anybody know that word? And people would say, raise their hand. And he'd say, he'd laugh a little bit. And he said, my, you're all just from the south. And he spoke in words like this so that we, even in Washington, could understand. Sometimes we in Washington here, or the lower mainland of Canada and different areas, we feel like we're heady and high-minded. we got something to tell or something to say. But I believe that God really desires to work in this hour very simply to get a bride of Jesus Christ ready. And so I spoke about a season where we, we were very uh, educated and, and we were bringing the message of the hour that the prophet had brought in such an educated way that many times we heard it in convention or even a place at home and our heads begin to spin and we walked out and we said, wasn't that a wonderful meeting? And when somebody asked us or when our children asked us, well, what did he say, Daddy? We said, well, I'm not sure. And you all smiled just now, and I heard a little rumble of a heartfelt uh, grin. Because we've all come to that place where it's been spoken in the heavens so very loud, but the soul never has reached to its full potential. But we want to come to the place where, Brother John, you have spoken this morning where you can pull back the, the, the sheath. We can look at the stalk and we can see that the grain, it's, it's ripening there. That it's coming to the place where the harvest can be taken from the field and, and all the chaff can be blown away and you can have original seed right there in your hands. We're not interested today. I'm not interested today in being a hybrid seed. I'm not interested in being a hothouse plant that you always have to spray it and baby it and take care of it and wonder if you're going to be okay from Wednesday to Sunday because something, something in simplicity was spoken that registered to you and it flared your natural nature. We want to be people that say with our hands, Lord, I surrender. Lord Jesus, I desire to bask in your presence. Lord Jesus, I want you to bake all the greenness out of my life. And as I've been studying, you know, we, we study regardless of whether we are preaching and whether we are, 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 are set for meetings ahead, we, we put our hearts into study six, seven hours a day to find out the will of God personally for you and the people of God. 
But what I found out just just recently, it struck my heart, and, and maybe it's not something that something that you know I haven't known, but something that struck my being is is that if I'm going to minister to you, the way you will accept the gospel from my being is to see the life of Christ out from me. I I really believe that God simply wants me as a minister, Brother John as a minister, others that would speak the word of God, that you would see the life of Christ being birthed out of us. That when we're speaking about God in simplicity, that you could see that in my life, that I'm living in such a way that God could simply speak to me and I could speak back it to you and there would be an agreement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm really praying, oh God, may may the people not see Steve Clark. You know, when I first started, can I open myself just a little bit? You know something, when I, when I first started ministry, you know, and this is your young, young men, and I, and I feel with the young men that I started in ministry. You see, when we were young men starting in ministry, we, we had a call from God, and, and it was fresh, and it was new to us, but we, you know, we wanted to save the world, and, and we felt like we would preach in the greatest, greatest tabernacles of the message, and everybody would want to hear us speak, but we find out that our own people, our own congregations, they were, it was like Jesus said, you're never welcome in your own country. And we find out that, you know, people look and, oh, it's just him again. Oh, we're just being practiced on. Instead of looking and saying, this is God calling on a simple individual. And I found myself as a youngster in, 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 in the ministry, I found myself always having to prove and speak and announce to everybody, I'm a minister of the gospel, I'm called to preach. And many people observe that as me trying to push myself or me trying to be something. But yet within my heart, I had just a desire to serve Jesus Christ. We get some ways down the road and we, God begins to wear some of those bumps off of us and he wears some of those things and now he's beginning to minister to, to my heart in my study, just be simple. Just stand before the people. Just preach my word and break it down so that the littlest child could understand the word of the Lord. In 1954, are you still with me? In 1954, Brother Brandon would say here in paragraph 17, he said, you know, the Scripture is given by inspiration. Some people don't like inspirational speaking. People like you to stay right close to your notes so that, you know, they know that you're getting everything perfect, but God likes to speak by inspiration. He likes that, that he, you know, your expectation reaches the platform and the ministry, the gift, it begins to, to, like a sonar, begin to go out and meet your needs. It's inspiration. You ask a lot of times the different ministry, you ask Brother John, there's are things in our notes we had not even intended to say, but it's your pulling on the gift. You know, we don't even finish our slides sometimes because the gifts have pulled the pi- and, the, and the people are receiving right here in the house of God. So the scripture is given by inspiration. You don't just learn it in a schools. It has to come by revelation of the Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. no matter how smart 
and shrewd you are, the Holy Spirit reveals the Word of God. I'm asking the Lord Jesus tonight that he would come right to your seat right here on Bennett Drive in Ad Time Message Tabernacle, that he would inspire your heart to receive the revelation of the Word of God tonight. It says in paragraph 18, so don't expect to know God by education or theology. You know God by being born again the new birth. Right inside of us, friends, tonight is all that God has for us. You need to come to the expectation and the knowledge of that which is of God. Aren't you glad you got it all at your new birth? We always say, I'm going to come to the statue of a perfect man, and one day I'll come into agape love. No, when you were born by the Spirit of God, sis, God placed the entire package right inside of your being. But you have to come to the knowledge of who you are. You have to come to a place where you're basking in the God's presence. You've got to come and you've got to pray and you've got to push and you've got to, just like that little uh, chicken and egg, you've got to knock and knock and knock and knock until it splits open and revelation comes forth in your life. Let us not be people that want everybody doing something for us. Don't be people that just come to church and say, well, I haven't read, I haven't prayed, I, I haven't read the message, I haven't studied for myself. Well, Brother John will break the word for me this morning. And that will be okay. No, let's not come to that place. We have our own work and our own desires for Jesus Christ. In the message, the darkest hour, then Jesus came along. Thank you, Lord, for coming. How many needs the Lord Jesus to come along tonight? Man, I, I need him to come right here on the platform. I, there's things in our lives. There's things going on just now that are so dark and dismal. We don't sometimes know how to get out of a trap. And then the Lord Jesus comes along. Brother Branham says you don't have to be smart to understand the Bible. Many times I've spoken with such good people. They said, well, did you know, I'm just not very smart. Stop that thinking. <laughs> hey man, you just need to deal with the author real well. You need to know him, know him as life. We know of some washer sisters and brothers that you know just work a shovel and you know something, they know Jesus Christ. You begin to speak to them, brother, brother and sister, and before you know it, out comes from the heart the abundance of the love of Jesus Christ. And we read here now, you have to have a humble heart. Thank you, brother Karim, for reading that. We want power in our church, don't we? Amen. Hmm, power. Wonder-working power. Oh, when the saints of God get to pray, and there's a little sister, hardly old enough, you know, and she's got something on her leg, the doctor thinks of cancer. I'm so glad that there's a people here in Whatcom County. I'm so thankful that there's simple people in Whatcom County that will get on their faces before the Lord. There's people like Brother Tim at home gathers in a circle with his little children and steps into the pain of what that family could be going through and say, my children, I'm going to pray like you have the cancer. I'm going to pray like you have the sickness. There's an old widow woman. There's another person here today that stepped into the pain of the situation and God began to move because we know prayer changes things. 
<laughs> Friends, we've got the power in our hands. All we need to do is humble ourselves to the throne of grace. Enjoy God's presence. Everything can be changed by prayer. You've got a family situation. Get on your knees before God. Miss a meal. Ask God and fast in prayer and say, Lord, come on the scene. Not my will be done, but thine be done. Hallelujah. We have to have this humble heart. And the Bible is God's love story to his church. That's hid from all the scholarships in, this, in the world. It's only known by one scholarship, and that's through neology. My, I don't even know if that's a word. In my, my notes here, I tried to type it out. I looked in the message how Brother Ken probably edited, and it's read all over. I don't even know if it's a word. But we need to get some neology. The strength of a man or a woman is not in their muscles of their arms or the strength in their legs, but it's in the bags of their knees. You need to find a place where you got yourself hidden with God. Oh, I surrender, Lord. I surrender. And the message unconditional covenant that God made with us people, you know, <clears throat> do you believe the Bible's written so you have to read between the lines? We read the Bible, but the prophet says there's something written between the lines. There is a, a code that is written between the lines. And let me give you, before we keep uh, going forth in this quotation, let me give you a little illustration. We've traveled to India many, many times, and I've been to the Taj Mahal a few times, taking brothers there to visit, and one of the seven wonders of the world, and it's a beautiful, large tomb there for one of the Mughal kings. And he had this built for his wife that he loved, and he loved with all his heart. I mean, he was passionate. In fact, he built this monument to her and almost bankrupt the country. And inside of that building, there are all kinds of gems and all kinds of stones. And written, you know, in there is all kinds of flowers and arrangements. It's on the most beautiful sights. It glows in the dark and in the, in the summertime with the big full moons and so forth. And, and here was this, this Taj Mahal that was built or orchestrated by the, the Muslims, the, a Mughal king there. But it was built by the hands of the Hindus. Now, the Hindus, they worked, and many of them died as they were erecting this monument. And so they didn't want just that, that monument to be part of some Mughal king's uh, great um, uh, uh, you know, kingdom. They, they desired that they would, might be remembered by it. So secretly, these Hindus, they began to speak amongst themselves, the thousands that were working, and said, we're going to, with the stones, we're going to arrange the stones in such a way that the Hindu might be able to read in every flower the doctrine of Hinduism. And they would go, and now every time they go to, the, to that, uh, that, that monument, the seventh wonder of the world, they know exactly what is written in there. It's unto their God, uh, their, their heathen God, but they, by their sight, can read what's inside of that writings of flowers and all kinds of things. Now, you and I, we have no idea. The Mughal king had no idea. He looked at it, and he thought, wow, that's wonderful. That, that's, uh, that's amazing work that they have just done, but really there was a code that was hidden inside of there but it takes eyes to see in this hour we read the scriptures come on 
We've had theologians. I can read commentaries, Arthur Pink, or I can go through different, I don't know if you know who those, those commentaries are, but I can go through different denominational men's uh, theology and, and, and look what they're saying, but we needed the eyes of the prophet in order to show us between the lines. Because there's code written there specifically for the bride of Jesus Christ. The Bible is the most read book in all this earth. It is uh, purchased. Many people don't believe the Bible, Brother Ben, but they'll have one in their cupboards because it's just sitting amongst their novels. But it took the eyes of understanding by the Holy Ghost through an eagle eye to begin to discern and show us what's in between the lines. Now, friends, don't put your own thinking in between the lines. Don't try to get your own understanding between the lines. No, let's see what the prophet has shown us, what is in between the lines. Now, Brother Branham, he breaks it down so simply here, and he says, you know, do you believe the Bible's written so that you can read between the lies, lines? As I've said, you read between the lines. Not, not, the, lines is, uh, not the lines is right, but there's between the lines. And now he gives us a human example. Praise the Lord, I'm excited. And I get speaking fast when I'm excited. Slow it down just a little. But let's all get excited in the Lord. He says, now Mrs. Branham, sitting back there looking at me, when she writes me a letter, when I'm overseas, she says, dear Bill, I'm thinking uh, thinking of you tonight. I love you. And I'm sitting here with the children, certainly miss you. Oh, that, uh, that's what she's saying, but right in between there, I'm just thinking a whole lot more things about, think, uh, uh, she's thinking about. I love her. She loves me, and I know how she writes, see? So there's an affair between us. Okay, we're talking about relationship with Jesus Christ. We're talking in a love relationship that you know the mind of God. Why? Because you have his mind. All right, for all the married folks that are in the building, I I truly believe that, you know, you you, you could just get a a look over to your spouse and they kind of already can understand what you're saying. My wife has been looking at me all service and I already know what she's thinking. Move along. Move along. But you know something? We have this... Brother Elias is true. Uh, you know, we have this connection between our spouses, do we not? It's the same natural types of spiritual. And we have this within ourselves that we, if we have that relationship, that husband and wife relationship with Jesus Christ, we already know by his word what he's trying to say to us. Oh, praise his name. For the Bible says, as we read in a scripture, for thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed this unto babes, babes, babes. But brother Steve, I'm all grown up. There's a message in this. It's not just talking about babes like in Brother Nathan's arms maybe tonight, Sister Rachel's arms. No, we're not talking about little babes that are just eating pablum or mother's milk. We're talking about an attitude. That you're willing to say, Lord, I receive at, at face value what you have to say. And Brother Branham, in this message of God in simplicity, he says, God will hide himself in something so simple. We've read this a hundred times. 
God will hide himself in something so simple that caused the wise to miss it a million miles and then turn right back around like in that. Some simple thing in, in the simplicity of his way of working and reveal himself right out again. Isn't that the word of God? Is that the word of God? Then I'd like to see a big amen. Hallelujah. When I say something to you, it's questionable. But when we have it written on the screen where it's written from God, hiding himself in simplicity, then revealing himself in the same, both screens say the same thing, it's the word of God, then I would expect as a minister of, of the gospel for you to say amen to that. Because I didn't change it or deviate it, did I, Brother Ken? It's exactly how it is written. Brother Brown will say again in this message, man is always giving God praise for what he did do and always looking forward to what he will do and ignoring exactly what he's doing. Ignoring what he's doing right here in this building. The Spirit of the Lord is right here in this building. It's the Holy Ghost. It much, doesn't much matter to me if you say the angel of the Lord is here or you, it's the Spirit of God, it's the Holy Ghost that's in this place. Many times, you know, we'll stand and we want to sound a little bit mystic and we'll say those words. Now, the angel of the Lord is here. But friends, we're telling you the Holy Spirit is here to discern you by the Word of God. I know I'm running down a rabbit hole right now, but I want just to tell you right now that we, none of us that are standing in the ministry today, have the same gift as William Branham. Can you say amen, all ministers that are in the room? We do not have the discernment gift as the prophet of God had. There are prophets and there, there are seers, but not as the gift as the prophet of God has shown us the Messiah sign in this age. But people like to get all mystic. Listen, let's get real simple here. And let's just say the Holy Ghost is doing the discerning personally in your seat tonight. And if I speak a word to you that touches your heart, it's not because I've been trolling or creeping you on Facebook. It's because the Word of God is speaking to you. And the Lord desires for you to have a changed life. Here in this message, man, as always... He's always giving praise. Well, it's good to give praise, but let's give praise for the right now. What is God doing? They look forward to see a great thing coming that's going to happen, and nine times out of ten, it's already, hap uh, it already happening right around them. And, it, and it's so simple, can you say the word simple, that they don't know it. Man, I, I just want to have a simple gospel. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Amen. Brother Branham, Brother Branham begins to preach to us, and he wants to describe to us that God is a healer and there to meet your need when you call upon his name. Yes, and he comes amongst the people, and he begins to preach a message on blind Bartimaeus. Now, I want you to notice I can't preach the message of blind Bartimaeus tonight, but Brother Branham takes a, a, an event of the Scripture 
and takes it as a story and he breaks it down in other ways he's hurt, but he makes it in such a simple way that there that blind Bartimaeus is calling unto God and the whole congregation, even as I begin to listen to the tape, I'm, I'm invested. And I begin to realize that the Lord Jesus cares. The Lord Jesus desires to heal me. The Lord Jesus desires to deliver me. When I call upon his name, he'll come by my direction. And then I recognize at the end of the, at the, end of the sermon, then Brother Began, Branham begins to, to have the altar call, or be, not altar call, but a prayer line. He begins to speak to the people. And pretty soon, the God that answered Bartimaeus' prayer comes on the scene. So now it's not just word, but now it's action in such a simple form that the fool could, uh, could not miss it. Aren't you glad for that? Brother Branham also begins to talk about how he likes to supply your needs. And he brings up a story that I just love with all my heart about a woman that's so poor and, and she's got a son that's working elsewhere and, and she's so poor and, and she begins to come to a place where she's going to lose her house and lose her things and, and they come in and they're going to repossess but someone comes to her and says, Ma'am, isn't your, doesn't your son care about you? Doesn't your son want to meet your need? And she says, oh, he's just busy. He can't come. And, you know, he probably doesn't have so much either. And I'm paraphrasing. And, and he, you know, he begins, Brother Baron be, describes the situation. She's going to lose everything. And then that man begins to wonder and question because it just doesn't seem right. And he takes, he says, ma'am, does your son ever send you, send you anything? Oh, yes, my son is a good boy. He sends me lots of pretty pictures. Well, do you think I could say, uh, do you think, this is simple, isn't it? He says, don't you think I, I, I could look at those pretty pictures? And then she says, yeah, they're over there. They're tucked in my Bible. She goes on over there, and she he begins to look, and there in her Bible is enough to pay her debt, and some more, and some more, but those pretty pictures had not become revelation to her. Those were banknotes. Her son from another country had been sending, had been sending. And the prophet God is telling us, God has already made the provision for you. It has to be quickened inside of you. It has to be made alive that our Father in heaven has already purchased all that we have need of. Oh, it takes faith in our lives. In the stature of a perfect man, we have to encounter faith inside our life. For faith is the key. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But it is the key that unlocks the door of Christ. Oh, we want to hear the voice of God. And we have to listen to His voice. John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheepfold. You know, I take a lot of comfort in knowing that he's the door of the sheepfold. And I really didn't understand the door of the sheepfold until I went overseas. And I find out, just as it is, the sheep, you know, at nighttime are gathered all around. And it seems like just a thicket fence around. And, and it's a bit of a protection. But then we find the shepherd lays himself right in front of the door. And there's nothing that can get in or get out lest they get through the shepherd. And we have a great shepherd. That shepherd is Jesus Christ. And he said, I am the door. You have to come by the door. I am the door of the sheepfold. But you have to have faith 
full confidence in Christ Jesus to access his promises. How many wants to access his promise every day? Okay, there's only a few of you. Let's go together all that want to. We want to access his promises. Listen, I just don't want to start digging when I well when I'm thirsty. I want to have water flowing even when I'm thirsty or not thirsty. I'm pretty happy to go sit by the well and just watch it bubble, Brother Mises. But all of a sudden, if there's a 911 call in my life, and I've got to get that shovel and hard work and start digging and digging and have to go down 200 feet to get water, let me tell you, that is stressful. But in the times where things are settled right now in your life, when things are good, there's money in the account, the kids don't have the flu, there's no cancer in your family, there's nothing happened, friends. That is the time to get your things out and start digging, maintaining the well, making sure everything's just going so good, the pump is working. Because let me tell you, when the, the enemy comes in like a flood, you want the Lord to raise up like a standard. You don't want to start digging. Oh, i got to start digging. And then you're going to everybody, please pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm in need. Pray Pray for me. Pray for me. I look at that person and say, well, when did you do your own praying? When did you dig your own well? Have you been coming to church and sipping off everybody else's well? Or is your well flowing? See, we need to come to that place. Sorry I got in your face for just a moment, but praise God. We need to have that faith inside of our heart bubbling with inside of us having full confidence, full confidence in Jesus Christ. You need to have a firm belief. That's what that means, without logical proof. A lot of us want logical proof. You know, a lot of us are just like scientists. We just want to see it. It has to be logical. Friends, it's not logical. The ways of God are not logical. I'd never put Jesus in a stinky barn. Do you think that? Would I ever had him born in a stable? Never. Would I would have had a seven or nine-year-old uh, John the Baptist go into the wilderness and train him there, and he comes out like a woolly mammoth, and he's wearing uh, camel skin and crying out? I'd never. I would have had a little somebody more, a little posh. Some of the people might listen to him. I mean, hey, we want a church. We want to grow a church. I mean, this is just normal. We, we want the high societies to come to our church. We want the ones with robes. We want the ones with good voices, good preachers. Huh? Then he sends him a John the Baptist. He comes out there shaking his hand. Ye vipers! And calls them whited walls. And, Amen. He don't fit in our church. Man, all the weirdos come to our church. Well, praise God. Come on, some of you are like, yeah. <laughs> and all the people in Canada, Brother John, all the way in the cold country where that Brother Steve's brain is froze, God send them here. God does strange things beyond our thinkings, our own desires and our own abilities. So he tells you this is not logical. It's not going to be in your minds. But you know what? I need you to have childlike faith. I want you to become not just an immature baby. I'm coming for a mature woman. But I want you to have that attitude, like I said moments ago, that you will accept God's word no matter what. I'm not looking for you to accept my word. If I'm inventing something here to try to put you in a box and keep you in a church, listen, run, run. 
But if we're preaching God's word and we're telling you exactly what the prophet has said, unadulterated word of God, have that childlike faith and the attitude to throw up your hands and say, I, Lord, I surrender. This is not going to be easy. As Abraham took his son up to, up to Mount Moriah, I believe it is, it was not easy taking Isaac up there. He struggled all the way, and maybe when he had to explain it to Sarah, let me tell you, having to explain to your wife, you're going to take the promised seed and kill him. I mean, let me tell you, that was stressful. If you ever had a tummy ache, knots in his belly, and thought he was going crazy, that was at the moment. But he didn't look at the logical proof. He looked at the promise. Look at the stars in the heavens. <laughs> look at that spiritual seed there in the heavens. And look at the sands of the, uh, of the earth, the sea. And there's my natural friends. This is exactly what God, he can take him, he giveth, and he taketh away. Blessed be Blessed be, blessed be your name. Hallelujah. But it takes maturity to think this way. Because it's beyond logical proof. It takes a maturity to throw yourself in the arms of God and say simply, Lord, I give myself away. And the scripture talks about that our faith needs to be like a mustard seed. Small mustard seeds, smallest, one of the smallest seeds there, and nothing will mix with mustard seed. Isn't that beautiful? It's all mustard or no mustard. You can't have just your faith and a little bit of an intellectual faith. You can't go to the doctor's office and say, okay, you know something, I'm going to have a little faith with God and a little faith with this modern medicine. No, you need to put your whole faith in God saying, Lord, you do the healing. The doctor does the cutting, takes everything else but his knowledge. But Lord, the doctor does not know how to heal. It's by faith you heal my body. There's a balance to all things, friends. Many times back in the day, people said, oh, I don't believe in doctors. And they, they, they wouldn't go and have the, the cancer cut out. But I want to tell you, Brother Branham believed in doctors. God's servants. I believe in doctors, but I believe it's God that does the healing. Brother Brandon would say many times at the platform, I can't heal you. He would discern their hearts. He would see on his hand maybe some blisters or what was going on, but he would say always, I can't heal you. You need to touch the hem of God's garment. You need to receive this by faith. That small little mustard seed needs to take hold with inside of your life. Don't try to mix. Don't try to mix this to faith with anything. It won't work. You've got to have faith inside your heart. You know, your faith has got to be unwavering. How remembers a little story about Brother uh, Mr. Jim Dorsey? Jim Dorsey. He asked a little girl one day who was coming from home from Sunday school why she wasted her time going to Sunday school. We could, ask that, we could ask that same question. Why are we having Sunday school? I'm in the children, and my kid comes back into the service, and he's got a coloring sheet with one, one little um, Bible verse at the bottom. What is the point? <laughs> There's a big point there. We got Holy Ghost filled. I believe they're Holy Ghost filled teachers. 
and the, number one, as the child walks into the door, there's, the child looks at another human being that's got the Holy Ghost and sees what's it like. Yeah. Number one. Because a Holy Ghost field believer, what? Their life thunders. You can't help it. Your very existence, Sister Serena, it thunders. The child looks at that and sees, now that's a child, that's a, that's a real Christian. I thank God, you know, for our Sunday school teachers. And then they begin to open simply the Word of God. You can't teach the seals to a five-year-old let alone a 55-year-old sometimes. It has to be broken in simplicity, and we thank God for it. So Jim Dorsey, he says, why are you even going to this Sunday school? And she says, because she believes that there is a God. And Mr. Dorsey says, child, you are so wrong to believe in such a thing like that. And said that little girl stooped down and picked up a little flower out of off the ground and pulled it for, uh, pulled it from its petals and, and said, Mr. Dorsey, could you tell me how this lives? Look at this, a little child. I, I'm trying to show you your attitude needs to be like a child. Uh, you tell me how this lives. When he began to search back, he, he, he could have said, well, child, it, it was growing in the earth. And then the question could have revolved back, where did the earth come from? Uh, how did the seed get there? How did it happen? It was not a great big glamorous thing this little girl did, did she? Picked a flower, showed it to him, said, where did this life come from? Not a glamorous thing at all, but it was the simple thing showing God to Mr. Dorsey. And what happened? Mr. Dorsey received salvation. When you're talking to those parents in the parent-teacher group, maybe, or, or your, your homeschool telephone call that you get trying to get funding for your homeschool, or whatever you're trying to do, when you're speaking to them in such a polite and godly manner, they begin to wonder on the other side, who is this person? I mean, when you walk through Winco, some of us shop at Winco, praise the Lord for Winco. You walk through Winco and you look through all the stuff, you get to the counter, and let me tell you, like Brother John said, I mean, there's all an array of all kinds of things going on, but when you're respectful to them and you speak to them kindly and say a blessed word to them, it opens doors for you to preach your life's gospel to the people. God in simplicity. God in nature. How many about another story? I, I'm into stories tonight. I hope you don't mind. But it's God in simplicity. Amen. All right, God in simplicity. There was a boy that wanted to see God. And the question, the boy asked the Sunday school teacher and the pastor and his parents, can I see God? And none of them could answer the question. And one day he was on the boat and with an old rugged sailor. And the boy asked the same question, can a man see God? And the sailor got tears in his eyes and looked at this boy and he looked at the sun that was setting and he said, for all these years there's only God that I have seen. Nothing but God that I have seen. He took a rugged 
old gentleman to live his life to preach. And I'm trying to tell you, he doesn't need to be in a place of high society. It can be you, 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 you. All that are listening to my voice tonight can preach the word of God in simplicity to the folks that need to hear it. 2024, let's bring the people in. I want to relate to you, it's not the shepherd that bears forth sheep. Ooh, this is something else. It's sheep that bear forth sheep. The pastor stands here at the unction of the Holy Spirit. Once the sheep are in, to begin to minister their needs and look after their needs. But it's your responsibility and mine to go out to the highways and to the byways and speak in that life convincing tone that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not just a Pentecostal Jesus that gets the shivers and speaks in another language. It's not in a Baptist Jesus that confounds your, wi- your minds or some Presbyterian Jesus or Catholic Jesus. No, it's a real Jesus that is spoken through the lives of God's people. I want to stop here just a moment. I may be ministered to somebody. Wear a smile on your face because Jesus is in your life. <laughs> we walk around with so dim, dim, dimsel faces on. I don't know if that's a word. Somebody help me. Dismal. Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, I told you from Alberta, I was just frozen a little. <clears throat> Listen, we walk around so very often and we don't look like we have victory. Well, I'm just a serious person. Come on. Right? I, I mean, when, when, you're, when your friend buys you something that is very happy, you do smile a little. Yeah. You, you, you know? I mean, there's something emotion inside you. Oh, I'm an emotionless person. And then, I, you know, we would say, you've heard this before, come here, give me your thumb, and I'll hit it with a hammer. And I'll see you how emotional you'll get, right? I mean, you'll get very happy. Like, like we have to come to the place. Sister Hannah, am I still doing okay? Amen. Speak to me with loving eyes. Amen. Does she? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know something, Brother John, we have to get them, you know, we, we want them to see the glory of the Lord, the people to see in our wives, because they're examples to the people. Sometimes we just like them to sit in the way in the back. Praise God. I am so dead, Brother Sam. You don't even understand. Uh, I'm going to go home. Amen. I'll get the second message. Amen. Praise, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. And all of you that are streaming tonight, notice that I, I'm just a foolish person. <clears throat> Amen. Nothing but God have we seen. Your personal lives, man. If we could stand here tonight and give our testimonies one by one, would tell us what God has seen. I, I like it how Brother Brandon is so, so simple in telling us about how God just even looks for an infidel, you know, and, and, and he takes something so simple and twists the things around so an infidel can understand it. And there was a time where Brother Brandon was out hunting squirrel with Brother Banks, and they came across an infidel sitting on a porch. How many remembers that? How many remembers that? Let's see hands, because otherwise, I praise the Lord. I want to tell you right in here in the books, this is everything Brother Brandon preached. You should go get some. <laughs> If you didn't raise your hand tonight with some of the stories that I read right here, this is where I'm getting all my stories from. Praise the name of the Lord. Brother Karim, let us humble yourself right here. Start with that and marinating in that this month. Amen. Uh, amen. I love you all. I'm just speaking to you like my family around the table. 
Amen. And when my, one of my kids want to get up because they're mad and leave, I say, sit down. <laughs> Dinner's not over yet. <laughs> and now you're all looking at the time because it's 622 and you know Brother Steve is punctual. And so you got seven minutes maybe before you can go. I want to tell you about this infidel real quickly. And Brother Adam begins to speak. Now, this infidel, you, you know, he got so funny saying, you know, banks, you have to bring a preacher with you everywhere you go. And he, he, he was being really funny, you know. And, and finally, you know, when he really understood that it was, you know, Brother Banks, and he would, you know, he understand who the family was. He said, yeah, you can uh, uh, hunt on my land. But there was a whole conversation that went on there. And it was all about a woman that got saved up the hill. And, and he wanted to know who was that man that prayed for him. And so Brother Branham steps back and he begins just to kind of communicate. And, and, and before you know it, Brother Branham begins to talk about, well, he begins to talk about how, how does life, right? How does life get from the, the top of the tree to the apples to the bottom of the roots? And how, who talks to it? And how does that go? How remembers that? Well, let me read it to you in case you forgot. In, 19, in 1961, in thy house, I don't think brothers is there because I put this in last, but Brother Brandon said, oh, that little, uh, that fellow, uh, Brother Banks would. And I went down, you know, to see, was, was talking about that and how I asked him, he was an infidel. And I asked him, how does the sap leave the tree in August and go down into the roots? What makes it do it? What makes the leaves turn brown? He said, because the sap leaves. I said, why does the sap go down? He said, well, it, it goes down. Well, it just goes down. I said, what if it don't go down? He said, the tree's going to die. I said, what intelligence makes that sap go down to the roots? Put a bucket of water on that post and see if it goes down to the roots. Come on, this is so simple, right? I said, see, what intelligence makes... Uh, um, it makes that sap leave the tree and go down to the roots. Something tells it to get down there or it'll freeze and die. The tree will die, see? And we had no cold weather or nothing yet. But you say, well, it's just nature. Well, what is nature? Tell me what nature is. Nature is the law of God. That's the law of God. All right, now we're getting to the meat of it. Now faith is the law of God. <laughs> but you have to take it simply. You can't bewilder your mind. No, you, if God says you are healed, you're healed. But, but, I, but I don't see no healing. Amen. It don't matter. Well, I don't feel any better. It don't matter. Well, my reasoning tells me that there's others that have had the exactly same sickness as I have, and they died. It don't matter. <laughs> That's what your faith has to do. It, it, it don't matter. My life is in God's hands. So now faith is a law of God. See, the same thing. All this power of God that you're talking about is acceptable to us by faith. All things are possible. Can you say that with me? All things are possible. Isn't that why Brother Branham always had sung Only Believe? That was the theme song of the message. Because his ministry was to get the people to believe. If the people could believe, anything was possible. 
all down through the all down through his ministry if you can get the people to believe it's possible. And when he preached the seals and opened the word of God, if he could get them to believe what he was saying, then the possibility of a bride was possible. It wasn't just, just, just here. It, Brother Branham could see down the road. If we could believe this word, it changes our lives, makes us a, as an infidel into a daughter and son of God, which is called bride of Jesus Christ. It changes you. It doesn't just renovate you. It changes you and gives you an inheritance. All things are possible. Just say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart. Believe what you said, come to pass, and you can have it. What do you say? Say to this mountain. Okay, I, I'm ministering to you now. I, I'm ministering to you now. If there is a mountain in your heart, in your life, somewhere, if there's a mountain, let's just focus on the Lord for just a moment. Okay, don't focus on me and nobody else. I'm ministering to you just now. If you can focus upon the Jesus, the love of our life. Lord, you said if there's a mountain in our way, if we ask and we believe that you would move this mountain. So in the name of Jesus Christ, may the mountains now be removed. May they be lowered. And may your grace come forward, Lord. And may there be rejoicing in the house of the Lord. The prophet of God continues to say it's accessible. You've got just to believe in the law of God. Can you believe? Can we believe? Let me finish with this. It's time to go. and Man, that time goes so quickly. Amen. I wish I could say like Joshua says, time stands still. But you know something? We, we want more of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Yep. And we can take it by faith, believing that God's presence is here. Wow. It doesn't take a whole group of people. It takes one person to recognize that God's presence is here. Yeah. And when that one person recognizes that God's presence is here and opens themselves to that presence, God will begin to anoint them and anoint their soul. And, and at times, sometimes it begins to anoint their flesh and they get happy in the spirit. We're okay with that. I want to tell you how Brother Branham talks about it. He talks about one time he went hunting. And there he was left his, his camp and everything. When he returned, he got back there and he saw something rustling in his tent. Now, Brother Brandon would say, you know, I like molasses. And when I make and I eat my flapjacks, I baptize my molasses. It's a good thing he didn't have sugar diabetes. He would baptize his molasses. He loved it. And he said, you know, I had me an old jar there. A molasses inside my tent. And inside that tent were some cubs. And they were, they were digging around there. And they were eating that molasses. Now, remember, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not doing. So if you're offended by paraphrasing, I'm sorry. But I, I, can't, I can't read it for you. So they're digging in that molasses, and they're getting it all, you know, all themselves. And pretty soon, you know, Brother Brown's looking for his gun. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a guide. He knows how to handle these things, and he doesn't want to be scratched by one of these bears. But he realizes, you know what, and he, he doesn't have, and he sits back, and he watches these fellows. And pretty soon, the, the mama bear, she was off there because Brother Brown knew there would be a mama bear. And she begins to coo, and all of a sudden, these little fellows go, go running. 
But there was one of them that was licking, you know, licking and licking and licking. Well, before you know it, mama was licking them and they were licking each other. And remember, that's the moral of the story. It's so simply simple, none of us could miss it. Even Brother Miles, you're enjoying it right now, the story, because they were licking and licking and licking. And the whole concept of the story was let's get the Holy Ghost and lick the presence of God off each other. I mean, it's so good. Let me tell you, if Brother Elias got up here and started praising God and clicked his heels together, I'd be sitting over there and let me do be like lightning. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'd start shouting over here and Sister Esther over there would do a little clap. She'd praise God. We would all worship God in our way. We're licking, 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 enjoying the presence of God. Well, let me tell you, Brother Branham told us all those little stories about honey. I, I couldn't spell molasses, so I put honey. I want you to know. Licking, licking, enjoying the presence of God. What I want you to know tonight, God desires us to worship him in simplicity. Enjoy yourselves. When we come to the house of God, let's enjoy ourselves. Praising God. Look, I'm not looking for you to do the nitty gritty and all these kind of things that they do. I want you to be in the spirit. I want you to rejoice. Just like you're doing now, Brother Ken is smiling at me. Praise God. This is wonderful. We've been in the house of God together. And when we leave this place, we'll say, wasn't it good to be in God's presence? It wasn't because the preacher made you smile or happy or excited or whatever. No, because God's presence. Do you know something? If there's a joy in the Lord, and people hear that there's joy, and there's a place to come for joy, we'll be standing room only. Listen, the Word of God has gotten so in a place where people have just made it so... Words can't describe. Just how I feel inside. I mean, I mean, listen, this is a young man that loves the Lord. I watch him often. He's been trained right. He reads his Bible. He loves the Lord. I can tell. Even while he's fishing, he loves to fish. You know, God doesn't, you know, allot man time when he's fishing. It all stops. Praise the Lord. You're going to live a long time. But we want these young men, if the Lord should tarry, to carry the gospel and, and come to church. Yeah. But if we're all old folkies sitting here and we hate our existence being in church, and you say, Brother Steve, I don't hate my existence. Are you sure you do? Your face shows it. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Solomon says, let's praise the Lord, and you all stand there. Some of you, I think, are going to vomit. Oh, no. Not you, Sister Karen. <laughs> I mean, they know Sister Karen around the world, the globe, right here because she sits underneath the microphone. Praise the Lord. But you know something? When you sit there, listen, we've got to praise the Lord. You know, I, I, I groan in my seat when Brother John says, is there anybody here? And the word is, and I'm streaming over in Edmonton, and I, and I want to be with the church. And the brother, hey, am I getting your attention? I think to myself, hang on, it's these are words, it's worth it. It's worth it. I feel like running up and down the aisles. Yes, it's worth it. I gave my life. All 47 years, Brother Tim, I've given it to Jesus. It's worth it. Brother Ken, 
We don't like to say your age, but it's been worth it. I mean, start acting like it's worth it. Praise God when you come through those doors, man. You're not dragging in here like 10, like, like 10 minutes after the, the time you're supposed to. No, you're trying to find a seat. I mean, when the prophet of God was here and even outside the time was here, there was times that Brother John would tell us that they were just going to listen to a tape and they were standing room only because they saw the worth in it. Right? They didn't want to work on Sunday. It was better to miss a meal than to miss being in the presence of God. Amen. Now we're trying to figure out how we can work. Because you know something? We like another couch. or We like, like a holiday. Oh, man, I'm going too far, Brother John. We liked all these things. But really it should be that we're longing. I'm longing. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Steve, you don't know how it feels to work hard labor. Oh, yes, I do. I worked hard labor before. Amen. I want you to know I know exactly how it feels. And I also know how it feels to dig in the presence of God and pray and pray and pray for God to give me something for you. And the heavens are brass and I'm writing papers and doing and crunching them all. Throwing, no, that's not for them. And No, no. And I'm sweating because the day's getting closer. And saying, Lord Jesus, I need something from you, not just my own ideas. I don't need a sermon that I've cooked up some below. I need inspiration. Oh, God, will you help me? And I'm getting weaker and, 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 and more nervous and I can't sleep at night. We, listen, friends, I'm telling you how it is. I barely slept last night. And I'm working. Oh, God, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? You've got to realize the burden of the ministry, not only in this church, but other churches that you might go to. The ministry is striving to give something to the people. And people are like, well, maybe I won't go to church tonight. Well, I worked hard. I'm tired. I don't, I don't want to go, oh, <laughs> everybody's got a cold in the house. But you know, you ask them to attend something that they really like to do, and the cold goes away in a hurry. Isn't, how many knows that? One more life story for you. You know, some, <clears throat> so when I worked, and I, I don't want to say a hospital in case they hear me, but uh, you know, so I worked in the hospital. And, you know, there are some days that <clears throat> I just didn't feel like going to work. Come on. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, about two in the morning when I got up to um, exercise, I, 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 I would sit there for a second and go, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, sure. I feel all my glands, you know. Because yeah. yeah. I didn't want to be a liar, Brother John. Yeah. Right. It was two in the morning. By the time I had to get going for 5.30, <clears throat> I was full-blown sick. <clears throat> Scratchy throat, runny nose aches in my body, and I get up to the phone and dial the phone number, and I knew it was an answer machine. <clears throat> Hi, this is, this is Steve Clark. I, I, I can't make it to the, I can't make it into work today. I've got a sore throat. Legit, it was sore. I've got such a sore throat. I'd hang up the phone, I'd go to bed half an hour later, I could sing. Praise God, I was healed. I hated going to work. <laughs> but I knew if I didn't go to work, I didn't get paid. Right. There's a spiritual value right in here. Many of us talk ourselves right out of coming to church. Talk ourselves right out of doing what we want. And, and, we, and then moments later, somebody says, hey, you, you want to come over and, and watch the ball game? You're like, <clears throat> all right, <laughs> I'm ready. Do you see where their sincerity is? Yeah. Come on, everybody. Yeah. 
There's not a sleeping eye in the church tonight. Praise you, Jesus. I want to tell you, this is where we got to place, get to be where our heart sincerity is around Jesus Christ. And the only way is that we come to a place of simplicity before the Lord said, look, Lord, I'm a wreck. I'm no good. But you called me more than a wreck. You called me good. And I'm going to come into your presence with boldness and thanksgiving and praise. I'm going to come with joy. Praise you, Jesus. Father in heaven, we rejoice tonight. I think your people would like to stand to their feet.